Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Cool, 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 Cool Down. And I've got an invader coming into the office in and out, in and out, because she just doesn't know what to do with herself. Um, clearly, doesn't have enough work during the week. But today we have Nick Stothard, the doom and gloom Newcastle fan. He's not going to be smiling much today. We've got Mourinho's English twin double in Matinho. We've got the Dengasaurus Denganator, Wonga Denga. And of what course, we've got Arthur Rich, the man with all the stats, week in, week out, Richard Boston. How you guys doing, gentlemen? Oh, good. 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 Skip. Could, be better. Could be better. Could be better. <laughs> <laughs> Demon yeah, Gloom, my side, yeah. Demon Gloom. Good what guy are you doing? Me? Ah, it's the same, man. You know me? It's always the same. Inconsistency galore. So you just gotta, I'm just consistently always, um, what is it, disappointed? Yeah, so. <laughs> you don't know what disappointment is. You don't know what disappointment actually is. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. Yeah, 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 just take, I'm gonna take whatever, level of whatever you say. I'm taking it with a pinch of salt. There, I'd swap shoes with you any day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, talking about levels Claudia, of how are you? How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm all right. Hello. I'm all right. I mean, uh, it's been, it was a busy weekend. We had a good weekend. We had a good one. Uh, not much for from the football front, which was it was a nice break from a Liverpool fan perspective. You know, you can watch all games neutral and you don't give a shit about the result. Then it's okay. Then it's okay. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but yeah, that is not too bad. But let's talk about what happened on Friday before we kicked off the weekend. The Champions League draw, gentlemen. And I don't think anyone here is involved in the Champions League. So it's a funny thing to have you guys talking about the Champions League draw. But nonetheless, what did you guys think about it? Yeah, some top matchups in there. Some mouth-watering ties for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to to watch the games when they when they start. I think the the Bayern PSG game stands out for me. I'm I'm super keen to watch that one. I think it's going to be a firecracker. Yeah, that's a, that's got to be the pick of the draws. I mean, there, there's some interesting matchups there, and I think what is cool, you know, to, like you said, like it's not sometimes it's nice to be a neutral. I think this is one of those ones where you know it'd be great to have Spurs in there, but at the same time, this is a fantastic one to be able to watch without having. Uh, my team there because there's there's some really interesting there's I mean there's players who are coming through you look at how Mbappe and Haaland have been playing and it's fantastic to see what they've been able to and if they can keep that going coming up against harder and harder teams I think that's going to be really cool um and and you know as a Spurs fan there's that soft spot for Poch as well so I kind of hope PSG do the business at Bayern but just to, just because I think Pochettino is a fantastic manager and he deserves um a really another good go at the Champions League so that's going to be I think that's going to be cool to see if I'm not mistaken, I think if City get through their tie, they play the winner of that game. So that will yeah. be that yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, if City are if Pep is to win the title, uh, win the, win the title, he's gonna have to sort of get past probably two of the best in the tournament. And not even talking about their draw. I mean, their draw. I think they've got Dortmund, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah. that's not that's not that's not a simple task. It's on its own. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing Haaland there. I think Haaland up yeah. against City's defense could be quite a quite a good one. I mean, they've they've really tightened up City over the course of the season. They're they're really solid at the back now. So it'd be interesting to see if they've got an answer for for Haaland because he's just been in phenomenal form. And yeah. there's uh, also really that, yeah, yeah. Go sorry, ahead. Klaus, there's also that that fairy tale uh, fairy tale story that could be Porto. You know, if they if they get through yeah. the Chelsea game, you know, who would have seen that coming? So. That's also an interesting little subplot that's that's brewing there. It's going to be a very interesting game for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, but if you look at Chelsea with with Tuchel getting to the final, you know, he's going to want to write that wrong. He's probably got the easier, if you want to call it, the easier side of the draw. So I wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't bet against them making a final or at least a semi final. Yeah, okay. I mean, so, if you had to pick any of those teams in that quarterfinal, you would have picked Porto if you were any of the other teams. 100%. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, so definitely the best yeah. draw. But um, from Wonga, who do you think, who, who are you backing to win it? I mean, make it to the final. We've discussed the two routes here. Everyone agreeing that the Chelsea route and the Porto, Liverpool, Real Madrid, that's the better route to get into the final. But um, out of mm. both sides, who are you backing to make it all the way to the end? Look, I, for me, I think Bayern Munich um, definitely uh, wanting to make it there. Um, and I think, I don't know, Chelsea, I just, when I, when I saw them, I mean, the way they're playing with Tuchel now, I mean, they, they, everything just seems to be running it their way as well, especially now they're on that side, they're on that side of um, um, their route as well. Um, I, I just think, not just, I mean, yes, they're playing well as well, and I just think everything is just, it's just falling into place for them. Uh, and, I, and I think they could actually just go all the way uh, uh, and make it to the final. But if they get there and Bayern is there, uh, I, I, I don't think they, that'll be a very big task and a very big ask of them. But yeah, I think I think they'll make it. I, I don't doubt. And everyone else, but, you guys had to pick a winner? Uh, I, want, I, I would like City to win it. I, I don't know why I would like it, but I just, I think... I don't know. I just think that you know. It's maybe because they like the complete opposite of Newcastle. They just well, spend all the money and bring the right players and have the best manager versus the worst manager. Maybe just, yeah. Yeah. Maybe 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 Listen, I think I think I've I've said that they were going to win it for the last couple of seasons because I thought you know Pep has to eventually win it, um, and then oh. obviously I've always been wrong in my prediction. So I don't know. They're just so good at the moment, but their their side of the draw is so tough. I mean, everyone. Well, I mean, all four of those teams are on form at the moment. They're all very strong. So, I mean, yeah. like to pick, if you want to call it, I would say uh, you pick a winner from that side of the draw. Um, yeah. Okay, so, I mean, so pick one. Pick one. Stop yeah, sitting I on said, the fence. I, <laughs> I said City, bro. I said City. City. I opened up with City. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we, we couldn't tell how serious you were being because it was kind of like one of those children. You know, when you, you're growing up, you have aspirations. I just thought, you know, it's like an aspirational Newcastle fan. Hoping that's what your club would be, Matt. I've, I've, I've watched my team in the Champions League. Eh? Don't forget, I've watched my team. In the Champions League. But, uh, that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. 2004, 2003. Yeah, so Richard fine. wasn't even born then, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Maddie, who are you going for? Oh, I'd really like to see PSG do it just because of the Poch connection. I think they've got and they've got some fantastic players. They're playing some really attractive football. Mbappe is really coming into his stride. Um, they've done quite a lot of really good football without Neymar as well. And I think you know they've still got him to come back and if, if to come re really hit his form. So I think they could be really strong contenders. And because they're coming from the strong side of the draw, they're going to be in that mode. And one of the downsides of coming from the soft side of the draw is that you 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 don't get into that routine of playing against the best. You know, um, whoever comes from the the PSG Man City side of the draw is going to have played the two really hectic games in build-up to the final, whatever that will be. Um, that said, you can never write off Real Madrid in this competition. They, they, they love the Champions League. Even when they're playing badly, they go far. So, um, you know, that, that's something that we're, the, 
they'll, they'll also be they'll be probably looking at the form of Liverpool and thinking we've probably got a chance here and then Chelsea or Porto whichever one they'll probably feel like they can take it so I think it's going to be a a really interesting it's certainly going to be really interesting if I had to pick one I think if PSG get past Bayern I reckon they'll go all the way if, if I have to put my put something on the line if I was betting Claudio's money that's where it would go <laughs> so you reckon Poch, Poch has what it takes to? Yeah, to make we've seen. He, we know he can get. He can get a team that maybe doesn't deserve it all the way to the final. So it's uh, <laughs> if he's got a squad that's actually decent, who knows how far he could go? Oh, Rich, what what are your thoughts there? I know Wonga's backing. So we've got Nick is saying Man City, Wonga's saying Bayern, uh, Matt saying P. Uh, yeah, it is PSG, and then you, Rich. Um, I'm going to go with the safe bet here. And I, I just think Bayern are going to do it again. They just, to me, are still in a league of their own. Um, you know, they've got a tough draw. PSG is going to be a very, very tough game. And then if they get through that, they've got City or Dortmund. So there's every chance they could slip up. But I just think that that side, that 11 on paper, is, is the best in the Champions League. And I would expect them to to retain the title. It's going to be tough, but I back them to do it. I see them cleaning <laughs> PSG out. <laughs> just just like throwing them to the up. side. <laughs> yep, and then next match. That's all I see happening. It's like a seven nil dropping. PSG players lying on the sides <laughs> crying. <laughs> so, so let's say that. Let's say they do. They do clean them out that easily. Then who do you think they find themselves between the Man City and Dortmund one? Because everyone obviously is backing Man City here, guys. But Dortmund with Haaland, the oh, way yeah. which he's playing at the moment, I don't think. <laughs> I think that but game can go either way. You see, you, you, you saw um, um, Bayern Munich versus um, Dortmund. Um, I think I think Dortmund were up three goals, three no, and then Bayern Munich came back. I can't remember how much they won, but they were just end up scoring four or something, and they ended up losing the match in the end. Um, yeah. I, I just I don't know about Dortmund and the defending. So it could be a, a big scoring game. But I would, I would honestly like to see Alan score, um, and I think he will. Um, to be honest with you, mm. I think he will score. But it, I don't think it would be. I don't think it would be a straightforward call. So I wouldn't even call it. I don't think it would be as straightforward as people would, would would say. But definitely, Dortmund could score. Man City could score. But again, like Man, I don't think Dortmund has also got problems holding leads, uh, as far as I've seen, especially against the best. Um, and that's that's what that's all I can say. Yeah. Claudio, who, who do you say? Who do you say is going to win it? Well, like, well for uh, obvious reasons, is it Liverpool or are you? I like. Not I like confident? the fact. Yeah, I like the fact that Matt uh, Matt mentioned the money in which he would bet, and it would be my money. Because if I was betting, I'd bet. I, I love the underdog story. I'll be putting my money at the thirty-three to one on a Porto, or I think the other one is a fifteen to two on a Liverpool, just because I think the winner is going to come from that side regardless. It's either going to be a Chelsea, Real Madrid, Liverpool, Porto, one of those. I think the favourites. You know, they struggle to win the competition because this competition is all about the story and all about the the sort of fairy tale that comes along with it. So I don't think it's going to come from that end. I'm telling you, that's just how the Champions League works. Unless, of course, you know, the only guys who broke that spell was Real Madrid when they won it back-to-back. But before they had done that, before they had done that, I think it was from 1990 that consecutively no, no side had been successful mm. in doing it. So it's interesting if you guys are saying Bayern Munich, they're going to be the first one since Real Madrid to be able to do that. So that's that's where I stand with it. I'm going either Porto because they're Portuguese and Liverpool because they're my team. I know it makes no sense statistically, <laughs> but in terms of Champions League football and stories, it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. All right. Yep. <laughs> Guys, 
FA Cup results. The first one we're going to talk about is Bournemouth Southampton. Anyone catch this game? Because all of a sudden, I see Danny Ings is being linked to the move to Man City. So surely something's happening there. Oh, I mean, Danny Ings has been on form the whole season. You know, he's had one or three, one or two dry patches, but for he's been banging them in the whole year. And I think it's his 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 move back to Southampton was a really smart one. He works in the system there. I also saw the talk about him to Man City. Um, I think it could go either way. I don't know if that's necessary. I think it would be a really good payday for him, move along and do it. Um, I saw the, the article I saw touted him as a replacement for Aguero. Um, I don't know that they'd really slot him in I there. Like and, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know exactly if that. If, that's if, generous. You know, yeah, I don't is know. He, you, is he you, definitely <laughs> off in the summer? Is Aguero definitely off in the summer? Or, I think or, so. I think it's a yeah. given. I, I don't think, think it's. I, I don't think it's confirmed, but everybody's talking like it's done. And I suppose you know. Well, I think they've played played majority of the season without him. He's been injured. Mm. They've coped. Why would they keep him? He's an expensive player. Rather getting a player less wages. They don't really need an out-and-out striker, despite the fact that they are after Harry Kane, Matt. So that's a concern from your end in terms of where he goes into the season. Yeah. But But anyone, in terms of specifically the Bournemouth-Southampton game, now they make their way to to the semis. Is there any chance for these guys to push on to the final? I personally, I've watched him play Newcastle a couple of, well, twice this season. They are the probably the worst team that we've faced, like, on their day. So, I mean, they've proven how shit they really can be. But they've <laughs> obviously got that. No, they've, de- they've got decent yeah. players. But they've, they've, mm. they've properly rolled over this season. I mean, they've got drubbed a couple of times. I mean, they didn't even show up against Newcastle. They couldn't even beat nine, nine of our players. I mean, 11 of our players are shit. Imagine nine of them. And... <laughs> They find themselves in the semi-final. So it shows you that there's, I think there's fundamental problems at Southampton, but on their day, they can, they can rock up and do something. Mm. Listen, if I, would I trade being in their position right now? Yes, definitely. But I think yeah. if, they, if, they face, if they face a City, Chelsea or a Leicester on form in the semi-final, I don't, see, I don't yeah. see them going very far. But you never know. It might be one of those stories, Claudio, that you, you're talking about, the magic of the FA Cup. You know, they might just go on and, find themselves somehow. Minamino, I don't know if he's cup-tied, but Minamino may be there scoring the winner uh, mm. in the final at Wembley. I saw the highlights of the, of the Bournemouth-Southampton game and, and oh, yeah. Nathan Redmond scored two decent goals and Gineppo also took his goal really well. But, you know, to add on to what Nick said, I completely agree. They are so they have such a yo-yo team this season. They can play such good football, but against us, they rolled over and they've been drubbed many, many times this season. So you honestly don't know what uh, Southampton team you're going yeah. to get if you're a Saints fan at the moment. Um, so yeah, that could go either way. But that said, you could imagine they're going to get themselves up for the cup. And I think yeah. when they have played badly, it's been in these league games where maybe fatigue isn't there or the focus isn't quite there. And I think this is a group of players. There's some solid talent across the squad there. I mean, all the talks about Danny Ings and more recently Minamino, but they've got some solid players across the board. And I think... If they if they go with the right attitude, I think they could give any one of the sides still in the competition a good run yeah. for their money. Whether or not they've got the quality to see it through is another yeah. question, but you just never know with the Cup. It's one game. They've only got to get lucky once. Yeah. Sure. I think their biggest issue is yeah. they play a very expansive style of football. And mm. I think when they are too expansive, defensively they're exposed. They, they're not great defensively already. Um, yeah. So if you're playing that sort of style of football where you, you may be sort of leaving your centre-backs isolated you're going to get hurt. So I think if, they, if they're a little bit more pragmatic, they've got a chance because they've got goals in them. Chair Adams up top as well with, with your Danny Ings. You've got a chance against any team. 
Um, but they've got to just make sure do, they keep a, a clean sheet. All they, have, all they have to do is win free kicks because James yeah, Ward-Prowse yeah. is the best free kick taker in the league. Prowse. Honestly, it's yeah. it's like 50-50 if it's going in or not. It's like a penalty. Distance. It's literally like a he penalty. He bangs them so well. So, yeah, he's got yeah. every yeah, he chance does. from from distance. Doesn't yeah. he have the highest conversion rates across Europe? I don't know if that's an accurate stat, but I heard someone I wouldn't say be surprised if he does. Because yeah. he's been uh, yeah, in this all right, guys, but the next one, Everton, yeah, Man City, Wonga Denga. Man City, I mean, Pumalani's already commented on the fact that Man City to clean pretty much everything here. I mean, Everton, you'd like to think mm. with Angelotti, we're trying to get something out of this, right? I mean, most teams would like to get something out of it, but realistically, in the end, Man City too strong. What are your thoughts here? Is this a, a walk away, another trophy in the bag for City, Wonga? Yeah, I, I mean, the way they were playing... Um... I mean, Everton, look where they're on the log, but also in the start of the season while going slow, you think they'd put something up against Man City. Ah. Uh, and <laughs> uh, I think... Ah, I mean, no, was, you, you think so. I think nah, no, Sterling... No, no. <laughs> nah, look, I think the opportunity nah, that... I mean, it, it, I couldn't... You couldn't see what how Everton were going to score. I mean, but City, I mean, all over them. I mean, the keeper made a, a good save in the beginning from uh, uh, from Sterling. Um, but then, I mean, later these guys ended up finishing it. I mean, it was was Laporte who was who was who, who ran the ball up front, um, took the ball all the way up front, passed it into uh, to the brainer. They got it back to him. He's the one who ended up taking a shot, hit the post. Um, and Kundo uh, ended up finishing it. I mean, like, like you said, I mean, Man City don't even they don't need a strike up up there, um, and and they can still uh, win games. But yeah, yeah. I think whew, they they um, to Brenner, to Brenner as well. He's goal, geez. Um, he could have passed it, but you could see that yes, is he wanted to score. Um, he's, he he was not going to pass the ball at all. He just wanted to score, uh, and it shows like the kind of I mean confidence all these players are in right now. They just they just want to be banging goals. And I th- so I think, and I, the, the the FA Cup, I think Man City probably will, will go all the way through and pick it up. Well, Wanga, how was Raheem Sterling's performance? Because a lot of question marks coming out of there. And the only reason I'm asking you is because I've made comments previously that Saka reminds me of a young Sterling, but with more of an end product, which is quite exciting in my opinion for the neutral and more so for an Arsenal fan. But in terms of Sterling going forward with the City, do you see a long term future with him and City? Yeah, um, look, Sterling, like you said, I mean, when he was when he was at Liverpool, I think yes. I, I mean, I wouldn't even compare him to to Saka. Geez, the guy one on one was was amazing. He was causing people problems um, um, down that left wing or, or right wing, ever, wherever uh, uh, Rodgers would play him. Um, but yeah, his only problem was he was getting in those scoring opportunities. So you'd expect him to okay now to be scoring, but he wasn't. He got to City. Um, and Pep Guardiola got more goals out of him. So, uh, I mean, for me, I think I think at City he's, he's doing he's doing the business, even in the game as well, causing problems. Um, even if he's not scoring, um, he's assisting, he's pulling players with him. I definitely see mm-hmm. uh, Sterling could even finish his, his career at at, at City. Um, he hasn't lost even a, a yard of pace at all. Um, still, yeah. still got it with him. Ball control still there. One one on one still problematic. And I think that's yeah, why I think would, would, would keep him in a squad. With with Sterling, the question for me has always been, I think people, to a certain extent, he's one of those players who's like a victim of his own success. I think that he's he's played so well during the course of his career. And we, we sometimes mm. forget he's still relatively young. I mean, he's a bit older now, but he, yeah. Yeah, a lot of what he did was, he was still really young when he 
kind of lit up the scene. And I think mm. so now if he has a relatively quiet day, you know, by his yeah. standards, which still means having a really good game. He's still pulling players yeah. up, but she's still making runs. And you see the defenders cuck themselves when he runs at them. They don't know what to do because he's, yeah. he's got such pace and such control. And so he's pulling defenders out of position. He's making clever moves. But if he doesn't get any assists or any goals, or if he makes one or two errors, you know, um, poor touches on the ball, it's kind of focused on and, oh, has he lost it? Is it time to move on? Whatever, whatever. But over the course of a season, you just got to look at what he gives to the side, you know, the goals, the assists, and, and, the, the 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 space he frees up for other players. The runs he makes are, are part of why De Bruyne has so much space to do what he does because defenders have to run and chase Sterling. So it's you know that that opens up that pocket of space in front of the central defenders for players like De Bruyne and 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 Silva and others to do their thing. So I think the for me Sterling is a hugely important part of of the City makeup. The fact one of the reasons they don't need a striker, an out and out striker, you know, or if we're honest, you could probably put a Manchester City shirt on a surfboard and just pop it up near the goal and that's <laughs> good enough for a striker. I think, yeah. and one of the reasons for, for that is because of what Sterling does, the, the space he creates and the movement. And you often see teams against City, so often the defenders are turning back and running towards the goal. And that's usually a sign that their system is not working, that they're being pulled out of position, running back, yeah. facing the goal. I know it happened to Spurs a couple of times when we played them. And I think, so in it, and I often feel bad for Sterling. I think he gets a rough a, a rough judgment by you know he has a relatively quiet day and people are like oh that's it he's gone may as well take him out to pasture shoot him in the head it's done you know and I think that's that's really unfair on on what he gives to the game yeah I think over the course yeah. of the season any side any any of a, any side would take Sterling there's none of us here who would go oh no he's not quite my type thanks Gov like no way you'd have him Steve back. even Liverpool would, would have him back Steve Bruce would find a problem yeah he's far too quick for Bruce how's he gonna <laughs> Bruce gonna send him messages. <laughs> <laughs> But I think right. uh, he's uh, definitely Sterling. I think Pep has Sterling. Um, it's it's mostly for that that one v one aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, the same reason he has a, a Morris in the team as well. Putting those guys on the field and they can beat one player. You're making a, you're turning a two a two v one to one v one, or a, you know, or or a, or a one or a one v two. You just make it literally two v the goalkeeper. You know and uh, I think that's literally the reason he has um, Sterling there. And I don't see Sterling sort of... I don't see that, that ability of his being nullified anytime soon, um, especially with the the, sp- I mean, the pace that he has and, and, and the skill. Yeah, yeah, big time. All right, fair enough. But uh, overall, guys, is this a trophy? Is this trophy, actually, let's put it in this context, is the trophy, the FA Cup, Man City's to lose despite the fact that they're fighting on all fronts? Mm. Uh, I think mm. Leicester, still Leicester, there. Chelsea, and well, Southampton as a wild card. Now mm. it's going to be a tough. It's whoever's going. It's going to be a tough sort of. Yo, 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 gentlemen, gentlemen! Look who is here. He's joining us. He's in the house. It's been far too long, Scotty. Nice, He's saying, "Lad, I hope you're doing well. Missed a few weeks with training being different with COVID, etc. Being keeping up to date with your content. Thank you very much, Scott. We always appreciate." You're looking out, and thank you for joining us. I don't know anyone have any messages. You know, Nick has been far happier Scott's with talking, Archie. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. What's talking shite, man? He's probably lying. He's been with the misses. I've been seeing all the content with the with the new misses. Well, not the new misses, but he's spending a lot of time with her. So I think football's taking a backseat. So I just be careful. Scotty. Just be careful. You don't want to out him here on the live streaming channel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, hey, guys, we got Christopher, Christopher Lawrence in the house. Thank you for joining hey, us hey, again. Chris. Chris, Chris, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, on that note, gentlemen, the next game we're going to discuss is the Chelsea-Sheffield game. We're still on the FA Cup. Chelsea at the end, we know Sheffield pretty much had no chance in Hull here, especially when we're looking at the form Chelsea are in. Rich, what did you think here? Did you catch any of it? Do you think uh, two shells on the right path? Do you think he's actually going to get a trophy? I know we spoke about Champions League prospects, but do you think FA Cup's one he should be focusing on, despite the fact that they're fighting for the top four spot as well? Look, I think um, he's got every chance of, of winning the FA Cup. He likes to play compact football and, and hurt teams on the break. And there's every chance that he can get through the next couple of games and, and lift a trophy. Um, in terms of the game itself, it was a game I expected uh, Chelsea to win. And unfortunately, I think it was Oliver Norwood who got her own goal in the first half. But Sheffield United, I was watching a bit of the game and they got back into it. They played some good football in the second half and McGoldrick missed mm. an absolute sitter. Um, from like mm-hmm. must have been three yards out and he just headed it back across goal. So that was a guilt edge chance that he missed. And then Chelsea went on to score another goal and win. Um, so yeah, I think Tuchel's got every chance of, of winning this, this trophy. It suits his type of football. Yeah. And I think also, you know, you look Chelsea is a, it's, it's a tough place to get settled as a manager. I think it could do him a lot of good to get some silverware in the first season. Um, it'll buy him a lot of goodwill going into next season. I think, with that in mind, the FA Cup is a realistic opportunity for Chelsea. Um, they're, they're a very strong side. They, they play some really good football. Uh, obviously, Sheffield United, we're never going to challenge them that hard. But I think um, this is a, a trophy that Tuchel should be looking at winning. And um, I, I've got to be honest, Sheffield United must have been surprised themselves that they were still in the Cup. Do you think they woke up thinking they had a new kick off? We've got to go play a game. <laughs> but um, do you remember Chelsea I think, lost yeah. the final last year? So I think they might want to write that wrong. Uh, yeah, lost yeah, to Arsenal in the final, so there's an opportunity there to write that wrong and potentially get something. Because realistically, that's probably the, if if there's going to be the easiest competition to to get some glory out of sort of the three fronts, getting top four if you count mm. that sort of as a trophy versus you know Champions League and FA Cup, you'd probably say FA Cup. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, question you know, about for me, I trust, trust, yeah. go ahead, Wanga. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I don't know. Like it's a funny one for Tuchel um, because if he if he wins a trophy, even let's say he wins two this season, um, you know how the Chelsea fans are. Oh, no mind the fan, but uh, um, our management is there. Um, if, if he's winning it, that's they're not going to expect any less next season. Um, if he's oh, going on a bad form, it's going to be now. Yeah, but, but that's it's going to be questions. Yeah, you know that's what I'm saying. But I'm just saying it's whether whether you, you know whether he wins it mm. or not. You know, even if, if let's say he doesn't win it, they're going to be asking, "Hey, man, where's his trophy?" And I mean, this guy's just come. I mean, last season, <laughs> yeah. you know. So he's always going to have pressure on him, regardless of whether he wins this title or not. So the only person for, I think he'll be doing the, he'll be actually doing himself a service. Um, you do, he'll be doing it for himself with the, uh, these trophies that he wins. Um, he'll put it on yeah, ECB. Um, I don't think. I don't think it really much matter. I mean, in t- for him, he's pushing. I don't think it'll, it'll really much uh, much matter uh, for the having the the, the club. <laughs> I think that's an interesting concept. You're going to see Chelsea as a because you know you're not going to stay there long. So you go there and pad your CV with silverware because you're going to have players at your disposal. And then six months of bad form, you're out and you can go to another club and be like, hey, but I want you to pick up six months. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you pretty much you pretty much securing a long term contract somewhere else, like at a family no. club. You know what I mean, then? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at Everton. 
<laughs> um, exactly. yeah, but, you know, it's interesting. If he does win the FA Cup, to your point there, Wonga, and to what you guys are saying, I think the FA Cup only guarantees him another six months. I think if he wins the Champions League, he's got another year. You know, it's one of those where Roman goes, oh, yes, yeah, good job. That's something we haven't won in a while. You get, you get yeah. an extra year on your contract. Oh, interesting. I suppose it is yeah, always going to be a walkover against Sheffield. Um, but the big shock of the weekend, some would say, and um, this is an interesting one because Ole came out saying last week that, you know, being the fabric of Man United, you have to win trophies. You have to win trophies. And in this particular game, he swaps out the – he makes squad rotation. And, you know, this is the result that happens. Obviously, Leicester came in fully yeah. focused. Rogers saying fully determined, saying he wants to make history. And unfortunately, the result was, you know, the outcome Man United getting knocked out. I don't know what you guys think about this. Is this a drop ball on Ole's part? Well, I mean, to a degree it is, but I think Leicester played some fantastic ball that day. I think they, they've got some solid players. They, they've shown over the course of the season they really are. They're a good team. They're, they're a team that's difficult to beat. They're a team that's going to score goals. And I think, you know, it, it's. I don't think this was a, a... To me, this isn't one of the upsets of the Cup. I think this was a, two teams who are fairly evenly matched, came up against each other, maybe not over the course of the squad, but the 11 on the field, that's a very evenly matched pair of teams. Um, yeah. And I think that um, Leicester were more clinical on the day. I think they, they made their charges count and then they, they were kind of good value for their win. I think it's, uh, it, you know, I think we, we sometimes underestimate Leicester. I think we forget, you know, with all the talk of what used to be the big four and now the big six. And, and, and we, we often exclude Leicester when we talk about these things, but they are a solid side. And not to forget they're they're also fairly big in terms of the, the spending power they've got and, and the squad depth and their facilities and stuff, they're, they're a solid team. Um, so I think they, they, they should be um, seen as a, a big contender in this cup. I think Rodgers has made it quite clear that he, he wants to win something with Leicester this season. Um, he got a taste for it up in Scotland. Um, and Scott will tell you they've got real football up there with trophies and everything. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> so I think, you know, he's, he's probably coming down here and thinking, let's, let's have a go. And I think that um, this is probably their serious um kind of look at the the the, the what can be you know if you, if you were going to say what could leicester achieve this season the fa cup was probably one of the things where they thought they'd have a serious chance and um you know fair play to him i, I think leicester we should be thinking about leicester as a serious contender in this tournament i think the, i think the other one that sort of you know went to the wayside was the was the european campaign uh you know they had a you know, Europa League, I mean, Leicester could have found themselves in the quarterfinals, semifinals, but they're obviously out now. And this is a good opportunity for them to, to sort of stay in the mix there, trying to win a trophy. But remember this time last season, this is when Le- Leicester fell apart and they, they fell out of the top four. So, yeah. you know, would will that happen again this season? Potentially. Um, but if they win the FA Cup and finish fifth, would Leicester fans take that? I, I don't know. I think I think they might do. Um, I'm not too sure. I've been I've been impressed with Ian Nacho um, at Leicester. Mm. I think he's he's played extremely well this season. You know, it can't be easy having like someone like Jamie Vardy up top, um, such yeah. a class player. But when he's had his chance, Ian Nacho, he's come in, he's scored important goals. Obviously, Fred helped him out a lot for the first goal with with the pass back that that went awry, and he stuck it away really well. But he's someone that's. Uh, Really blossomed under Brendan Rodgers in the last couple of games, so yeah, it's good uh, to see him, yeah, doing well. And there's yeah, a nice connection. There seems to be a nice yeah. understanding between Ianacho and Vardy. They're they're playing some good football off each other. It's not as though they're competing for that one spot. They actually play. There's some it's some really smart movement between them, 
um, in the games they've played together. So I think it's really positive for, for his development and also for Leicester because Vardy is getting a bit older in footballing terms. Um, and, and so it's nice for them to have someone who who's, is stepping up and getting involved in the goals. So I think yeah. it's, it's really good. Yeah, and I also think Leicester in particular have had the same issue as what Tottenham have had over the last couple of seasons, wanting to strengthen up front, but they can't really because they've got that out-and-out target man who is going to get the first place. Yeah. So who do they bring in to kind of challenge that player? As, you know, because no one really wants to sit bench. But I like what Scott has said here, saying they are the better team than United because anyone, I love hearing anyone better than Man United, but apart from that, saying Man United have far too many players. Um, and, and that's also the interesting thing. When you're looking at Leicester and you're looking at what Rodgers is trying to achieve, he knows his squad. He knows his first 11 where Ole Solskjaer knows his first 11, but he's got the players trying to make everyone happy. And it's kind of in this sort of situation when you are rotating the players and you don't trust all of them, but you have to give them game time. These are the sort of results that you get as a manager. I think Nick can maybe attest to this as a part from when you're coaching and you're playing a player that you don't really trust and you have to give him some game time and rest another player. And these are the results you get, right, Nick? Or wrong, Nick? Yeah, I mean... Or wrong, Nick? I'll be... No, right. no, no, no. You, Tell you me right. I'm right. You're Tell right. me I'm right and let's move you're on. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I think I think you you find yourself in a conundrum there because if you don't play the players in games that maybe matter less, I wouldn't say this matters less, but the managers have, have clearly taken the FA Cup in the last in recent years as sort of a lesser tournament. But if you need to rely on them in later stages in big games, uh, say you've got a couple of injuries and you need to call on your second string players and they're not ready um, or they're not tested, then you know you might struggle. But obviously, it didn't pay off for him anyway. So uh, you do sort of need to try and find that balance. But they do have far too many players that aren't good enough. So question, and I know we don't have a United fan here today in Silo, because the man was doing the thing, jet-setting. Our GQ model, you know, he's Living the dream. Living the dream. So, but as a United fan or as, as a general sort of neutral audience, where do we think, if we look at an assessment of United currently, they're in Europa, so there is somewhat of an expectation for them to win that. They're second on the log. They're only one point above Leicester in this conversation, so the result is somewhat, like you mentioned, Matt, a probably fair result in the day. But are or should Man United fans be happy with the progress that they have seen over the season? Uh, it's hard to know. It's such a tough one. Yeah. I mean, I think if you'd offered them this at the beginning of the season, they'd have bit your hand off, you know. Yeah. You know, go go be second on the log at this stage, be quite far in Europe. Maybe you wouldn't tell them which competition. I think that's yeah. the key, though. I think if they were finding themselves in a quarterfinal in, in the Champions League and this amount of points off uh, Man City in the league, I think that would be a very good season. But the, the way they went out in the Champions League was just shambolic for me. And just it was poor from Solskjaer. Solskjaer has to take the blame because he didn't manage those two, last two games properly, didn't take the right players off, didn't go to win the games. Um, and I, I, I feel they should have gone a bit further. Um, but it's not a, it's not a bad season. I, I can't really say being second is a bad sort of season. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we'd all take it. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> I'll take it any day of the week. Wonga, <laughs> the question is, would you take it, Wonga? Would you take it as an Arsenal fan there? What, the second position? Ole, got the Solskjaer. I'm near the question. Ole, out. No, no look, look, guys, he hasn't, he hasn't, honestly, 
you know, he's, I know his PR in there is flopping. It just depends on what Man United want. But I mean, second in the log, ah, gee whiz. Uh, like he's competing. I mean, he, he got mm. to second place. <laughs> he's, I, I mean, ahead of a lot of other teams. Uh, so I just, I just, don't, I think, he, I mean, he's close. If he, I mean, he is close. He's, he's one spot away from winning it. But is that the problem? Yeah, because he's, he's, he's one he's spot, but job. realistically, he's quite far. He's not and really. Think, yeah. But it's, yeah, I think that's part of the problem here is that the United board are going to be perfectly within their rights to say, we don't need to change anything. He's doing great. We did, you know, we did a right in Europe. We did, we, we got pretty far in the cup. We're second on the log. Let's stick with, with Ole, mm. give him another season. But realistically, is he going to take that much of a leap? Is he going to, is he going to add an extra 20 points next season and win the league? Is he going to, Go, go that much further in Europe. I think that's the yeah. question a lot of United fans can ask. I don't have the answer. True. But I think that's, you that's part uh, of it. you take over Arteta? Ooh. No ways. Yeah, I you, wouldn't. You asked that you wouldn't. Yeah, because and in terms of what, what, if you put it like that, yeah, in terms of what Matt is saying as well, um, it's, it's not literally all the other cups is getting out of them. Um, we've, we've successfully done that except for Europa. Um but, and to be yeah, fair, to be fair, Europa. If we're looking at it on paper, Europa's up a chance, Yeah, between Arsenal and United. Technically speaking, if you're a betting man, that's where you'll be putting your money, Matt. Yeah. Your own money. Um, <laughs> I'm putting my money anywhere near Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> so, but so if, I think if, I, if I think, you look at yeah, yeah, just just the times as well as I mean, you mustn't forget um, everything that's happened this season. Um, I mean, Liverpool have also fallen from, from grace. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, 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 wait. Let's not go down this rabbit hole. We're not throwing in other teams. The focus here is Man United and the question no, I want to speak about. And that's what I'm going to ask everyone. I'm going to ask everyone this. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. If you, if you, right now, as your club, would you be happy to have Solskjaer at your club with a huge kitty to spend on players coming in for next season preparing your squad? Would you take that right now? And I think no. that's what I'm getting. Nope. Nah. So if, if no. you guys are saying it as neutral, I'd, I'd, money. I'd, love money. I'd love money to spend, but the manager, yeah. no. <laughs> Not so would you, take, would you take over him. David Moyes? Oh, seriously. I'd, Moy, I'd have Moyes over him any day. Yo, yo, yo. That's Genuinely. Yeah, one's got more experience than the other. The other's finding his feet. He doesn't have a clue at the moment. He's got a lot to learn. Yeah, uh, Wonga, you got Christopher Lawrence here. He's got your back. He's saying Arsenal have done plenty of rotations and they've actually performed better than the actual first team. So rotations are uh, an excuse for the loss. So fair enough. Yeah, I think I think, I think that's true. I think I think what what we've seen from from Solskjaer over the course of the season is that he's he struggled to impact the game once it started going a certain way. He very rarely makes impactful subs. Um, I think. Sello has spoken about it quite a few times. The subs come too late. They don't make a difference. He's putting the wrong players on then trusting them for too long. And you do see that, I mean, for all of Arsenal's faults, they, they've done some quite clever rotations. Some of the young guys, you know, you look at Saka coming in and, and Maitland-Niles and yeah. they're, they're playing really well. And, and I think a lot of that, you've got to give credit to Arteta for putting that faith in the youth. Um, you know, not all of it's his choice. Sometimes Aubameyang apparently just wanders off and doesn't want to play football anymore. But, um, you know. <laughs> so it's only when he gets lost on the right way with Bellerin. That's the only time he gets to <laughs> Exactly. But I think, I think it's true. I think that the good managers impact games and stuff. And I think that, um, you know, Nick's complaints about Steve Bruce have been also that he doesn't do anything. He doesn't bring anything. You could leave him at home and it wouldn't change the results. 
Um, That's a great yeah. great change of topic there, Matt. Yeah. Does anyone have yeah. the tissues for, for Nick? Because we need to talk about this. Ooh. Three more to Brighton yes. fighting for relegation. A game you really need to show some fight this for. Was, was yeah. Did you guys see the goals? Did you see the goals? Six six point point goals. The two, the first two yes. were almost yes. like a, a sort of just replay of one another. Same angle, cut in, boom, boom, bottom corner. Thanks for coming. Cheers. Goodbye. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Danny Wolbeck, I didn't expect that from him. Can't lie to you. I'll not even lie to you. But I think this is this is I what you was going. They make, they make players. Genuine <laughs> 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 oh, man. So Nick, tell us, tell us how how bad is it? What's the problem? give us the verdict? Yeah. Fucking awful. I'll tell you that much. It's it's <laughs> it's, um, it's dire. It's scary. But it's Nick actually like coming. guys. I told you, Karen Dyer. You want Karen Dyer in as manager? I told you guys. Nick has been singing this song from the beginning. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> like so you should actually just record it from the beginning till now. <laughs> the scary thing for me is that, you know, there's so many different conspiracies at the moment. Um, one of them is that mm. he is wanting to actually get sacked. So he's not going to walk because he's got a big payday if he gets sacked. Ashley doesn't want to sack him Excellent. because he's going to pay that big payday. Um, Game of chicken where the fans are the losers. Yeah, and uh, I mean, if you look at the lineup, he didn't play with a striker against Brighton, okay? So now you're playing against a team that's won one game at home this whole season, okay? Can I just make note of we were the only team to not lose... Uh, sorry, the, uh, Sheffield United hadn't won a game all season. They faced us, they beat us. Um, Brighton played at home. They only won one game. They faced us, they won easily, comfortably. Uh, so, like, if you need to get a result, you just need to play us. Like, we we your team. Yeah. So, don't, don't be scared. Um, so, we don't go there on the front foot. We've got Andy Carroll and Dwight Gale on the bench. So, we start with the donkey, Jollington, who still can't trap a bag. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're calling Jollington the donkey. What do you call Andy Carroll, then? I'm confused. Stallion. We need to we need to we need to really think about the world Nick is living in where someone like Andy Carroll is the savior and we need to just re realign ourselves to what that must feel like, guys. Don't you better be honest because of his long hair and he somewhat resembles Jesus. I'm not entirely sure. You tell us. So so you need to stop taking the piss and listen to me because this is quite a sad situation. no, but to be very honest with you, Jonathan, I, I read a tweet the other day that there needs to be an investigation, honestly, on how like how he got signed. Because, you know, Newcastle were caught a couple of years ago uh, with a couple of dodgy deals, including kickback. Ashley. Um, where kickback, like, he, he is not a professional footballer in the Premier League. Like, he's not near the standard. He shouldn't even be close to our under-23s. So what I'm trying to say is we have two strikers on the bench. Yes, maybe limited ability, but far better than Jollington. I can tell you that much. You know, limited ability in, in, in Dwight Gale and Andy Carroll. Um, they both stormed down the tunnel at, at the end of the game. They never even came off the bench. He brought on a defender and two midfielders uh, to, for, for our changes. Very negative. You know, you're losing 3-0. And then eventually, he uh, the, the 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 substitutes that didn't play was supposed to do um, extra runs at the end with the sports scientist, and those two strikers never came out the change room. So there's a big divide in the in the change room in the in the in the dressing room at the moment. And from what I understand, is he's given the players six days off uh, between. Um, so he gave them Sunday, Monday. They started training again today. They get in Friday to Monday off next week. 
and we're playing against Spurs next week, Saturday. Does he, is, is, he, is this guy absolutely clueless? Yeah. We, I heard we about won that. point of relegation. Uh, and, and his excuse was. Um, so, does that oh, mean no. we've got time to get one of the players on our show next week if they've got that More much time likely. off? No, but I heard they've, yeah. been training, they've been training without Bruce anyway. I read no, the article I read said that the players are used to him not taking training doing, anymore. Doing, and they just they do their do, own thing. They do their own thing. So, I mean, you know, we, you know, we keep saying, so like there's a big fight at the moment of Newcastle fans and Paul Merson, Paul Merson saying that Newcastle fans real, uh, have unrealistic um, expectations of the club. But you know what? All we expect as a club is a team that tries, but not even that anymore. We just expect a club that trains because we don't even get that. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. And I think like, like it's, it is one of those things you think about Newcastle and there's, there's certainly for the neutral. And, and I mean, I don't really have, um, strong feelings about a lot of other clubs in the league but Newcastle is one of those sides where you think you, you kind of remember them being in the league you remember the the team of the 90s Ginola and Shearer and that lot and the stuff they used to do and and you think it's a team that feels like it should be in the Premier League so yeah. you kind of you, you you sort of give them a few extra points every season because you think ah oh, they, they should be here they bring something but if you actually watch them this season no, it has been awful. pretty depressing stuff and it's and awful. there are teams you know then you look at a team like Fulham who are really they give it a go every game. I mean, the last game was was the exception, and even even Parker said in the post match interview that he they hadn't played well. But th- that's a team that gives it a go every game, and they, yeah. uh, in terms of the players on the field, they probably don't have as many as exciting players as some of the teams above them. But that's a team who you feel have probably earned their right to have another go at it. And if if Newcastle went down in place of Fulham, could you really blame them? Would you really, you know, obviously Newcastle fans are going to feel it, but the rest of us will kind of be like, well, maybe it's better for the league to have a team that kind of seems like they want to play football for a living, um, which is clearly, it doesn't feel the case with Newcastle. They do. Well, they you're do right. Look, and you're 100% right. right. Look at Brighton, look at Brighton, look at Burnley, look at Fulham. It's to your point, those are the teams that seem to be trying right now. And Newcastle, like mm. you said, it resigns to the fact either whether it's that whole chicken scenario that you're talking about. I mean, that's just a shame. And it's a shame because we're going to lose Nick to the show too. I mean, no, I don't even know what to say, No, he's already started. Remember, he already said he liked City for the Champions League. He's laying runway. All oh, right. Early right, next right, season, right, he's right, going to buy a light blue shirt. And we're all just looking to... for a City fan. So, it makes guys, sense. Conspiracies. Newcastle's the conspiracy club. And yes, Nick, he's the conspiracy fan. He's just going to rock up with a fake moustache on. No, but... 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 On a serious note, like if we do get through this, it will be the great escape. We've got Spurs next in Burnley, and then we've got West Ham, Liverpool, Arsenal, Leicester, Man City before we have Sheffield United. Mm-hmm. And, and but how, so how, like, how, how do you turn this around? How do you turn this around when there's so no one? Our it's, only, it's almost like... only savior will be St. Maximum coming back and Callum Wilson because they've single handedly got us the amount of points that we have. Because Callum Wilson can just Nick, turn it Nick, on. Here's, here's the question, though. Do those players give enough shit about the club? Because, say, hypothetically speaking, they're knows, good players, bro. right? They're, they're good they players. They can really contract. get it. Yeah. Maybe they're playing yeah, for they're, a new contract. They go somewhere else. But, yeah, possibly. No. Yeah, so maybe they're playing for a new contract because they don't want to stay at Newcastle. But if, they, if, if, if Callum Wilson bags five goals before the end of the season, then maybe he goes on to bigger and better things. I don't know. I, I'm, I would like to think that if we do stay up, the takeover happens. Steve Bruce is out, and 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 maybe there's greener pastures. If we go down, we might be a Leeds United that stays there for ten years. And you're still team. holding out for that takeover. You think that the takeover? takeover is, yeah, you think that's going to be I think so. Why not? Why wouldn't it happen? 
Because I don't know. Dream that Newcastle well, had for the past well, ten years. Yeah, the no, the thing is, the takeover won't happen. The takeover won't happen. PIF and the Saudi group is still interested. There's a group from I think you had spoken about already, Claudio from America. Yeah. No, no takeover talks going to happen while relegation fights going to going to ensue. But um, Mike Ashley still have the Premier League in court. Um, the battle's still going on, and he's he's not going to fight something and spend his own money if he doesn't think he's going to win. He's a cheap, he's a cheap wanker, like essentially. So he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna fight whatever he can, you know. So, Nick, would would you take the job? Because Scott's saying he's not sure who'd want the job, even if you guys sacked Bruce right now. I mean, would you take that? I don't even. Know. I think that would kill your career before it started if you took it, even if they offered you. I don't you know. Right. I mean, like if you look at it now, you know, what does Ashley do? Does he sack a manager and someone goes in? Who would actually take that job? Yeah. You know, like. It, Taint, taint use completely but Steve Bruce is the worst manager in, in Newcastle history he is officially that now um, probably wow. the, 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 the whole Premier League I think I've already mentioned that he's got, he's got terrible stats so I don't know, you know, you stick with him I don't know, is he trying to get fired I just, I would rather maybe go with one of the assistants there and just give it a, a full go, something new, something exciting Um but we've already yeah. established that that's probably not going to happen. So, All yeah, right. that's, that's my story. Let's, let's talk about something that did happen on the weekend, something that involves the two guys at the bottom, and there's no coincidence that they're right next to each other because it was a big game on the weekend, unexpectedly so in my opinion, but it came out flying out of the blocks. I mean, who's happier? Who's not happier? I know a lot of the Arsenal fans are celebrating like they won the Champions League final. It just shows you to pretty much what extent they're at at the moment. But Rich... Seeing as they took the lead on Saturday, we might as well start with you. I'm uh, very disappointed. It's uh, it's crazy the contrast of the two halves because um, in the first half we came out of the block super super quick and raced into a three goal lead and we were playing great football and at that point I thought we were going to score five or six. You know I'm I'm delighted for Jesse Lingard another world class finish from him. Um, and, and he had quick thinking for our second goal as well. Take, took a quick free kick. Arsenal was sleeping. Jared Bowen got in, um, put the ball in the back of the net. And at 3-0 up, I honestly didn't see us dropping points. Um, but obviously, you have to maybe look at our mentality. Maybe we got a bit cocky. But Arsenal in the second half were the much better side. And they got back into the game. It, what, what annoys me a lot is that we are scoring own goals and helping teams get back into games like the Dawson own goal. You know, if he clears that, it's a different game. Antonio also hit the post to to make it potentially 4-2, and that would have been game over. But, mm-hmm. you know, credit to Wonga and credit to Arsenal for, for the fight back because it takes a lot to to come back from 3-0 down. Do you not think the timing of that comeback was the was the decisive sort of turning point in the game? Say you guys hold out till half-time. It becomes a very difficult sort of a scenario for Arsenal where, you know, David Moyes gets the guys focused, regroup. And I think with still, I think it was still like ten minutes to play or so. They got that goal, so that you cut that those three goal lead to two goal deficit. And I always say in football that one of the dangerous leads are is, is a two 0 lead because you got that comfort thinking that you're a bit further ahead than what you actually are. So you tend to relax, and then all of a sudden momentum goes the other way when one team when the other team gets that goal. And I kind of think that's what happened in that half, and they came out flying at the blocks. And I think Arsenal's players came out saying they have put. Put the, they held themselves accountable, put their hand up and actually said what the coach asked of us 
is not what we did in that first half. And I found that very interesting. Wonga, you can have your take now. Rich kind of touched on it and he said credit to Arsenal. What are your thoughts here? Uh, look, he, let, me, let me take you back before the game. I watched Tyranny. <laughs> like I always do, I watch these guys. They talk about how confident they're feeling, how they love Oteta. They think Oteta, or Tyranny's words, let me put it like that, says he's a, he's a very intelligent manager. Um, and he knows the game a lot and they enjoy playing under him. Um, and, and he's always looking, I'm, I'm helping him, helping them improve their game. Then come match day, within 30 minutes, uh, oh goodness me, um, I couldn't believe the, the same thing. I think it was um, when we first played Tottenham, um, I listened to Aubameyang saying that they're confident they're going to win this. And they come into the game and it's completely something else. I don't know what it is. I think just the execution is poor. I don't know if Arteta is too clever for them. If they say he's such an intelligent man manager, I, I just don't know or what it is. Um, the, the, the first goal, nah, that was a good goal. Like, I can't, you can't do much about that. Good pass, great finish. Um, it, it, it got me a bit worried because Jesse Lingard, you know how he is. If, you, if he scored and now... West Ham take the win. Yes, you know, his Twitter's going to go crazy. He's going to poke at the, the fans. <laughs> um, thank goodness you did come back. Um, but Damn then it. the second goal, the second goal, goodness me. Um, flip. Keith, you look at, like, I, I think the only person looking at the ball was was the West Ham players and, and Leno. There was no one else looking at the ball. Uh, maybe the, 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 maybe Arteta as well um, on the bench and Moyes. But literally, every Arsenal player, their backs were turned on that ball. Um, Sako's talking to the ref. Um, next thing he knows, he thinks the ref's going to uh, pull a line there to tell him where he stand. But the ball's in the back of the net. Um, but yeah, mm. it was. It was. It, it just the inconsistency was 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 crazy for me. Um, yes, we did well to come back. But if you honestly look at it, uh, yes, we deserve to lose that. I mean, even in the second half, after us, after we did come back, um, no, I think it was just when we were sitting at. I can't remember the order. Was it three two or what? But uh, when uh, Antonio hit the cro hit, hit uh, the left upright, he was. I mean, Ben Rama cruised past the defense like it was not even there. Put a cross in, um, and I, and I think that like just summed up us the performance when I saw that. I, I think we were just we did well to get the goals, but for me it's still worrying. I can't lie to you that we can be every every game. I think it's I haven't counted, but I'm pretty sure the last probably seven games we have played. Um, in the Premier League, we've gone down. Then we have to come yeah. back. I mean, but defensively, in a way, that's what yeah. is worrying. I mean, big issues. But I mean, that's yeah. it, in a way, Arsenal never used to be that way. Arsenal never used to have that fight. They yes. used to be really easy to roll over. So in a way, it's an improvement that you guys are turn, coming back from losing positions you did it against us um, two weeks ago. And I think it, there is a, a certain steel about Arsenal that maybe has been lacking for quite a while. If we go back, you know, they, they felt like a soft touch for quite a while. Um, and in and that way, it's good. I, I get the frustration. Like, if they weren't conceding early goals, they'd be turning more of these draws into wins. Um, but I think Arsenal, to me, look a lot more solid than they have for, for a while. Uh, and I mean, on the, on the West Ham side, I'm, re I'm still really happy for Jesse Lingard. I think he's a fantastic footballer. And it's, it's awesome to see yeah. him kind of flourishing over there. I think 
Um, and he's back in the England squad. He's back in and England. Fully, fully, deserved. Deserved. He's fully deserved. Yeah. He, he, and, and he, he really... rocked up. He rocked up in full West Ham kit. That'll make you proud. What a legend. What a yeah, legend. Everyone's in casual clothes. Jay Lings comes in his West Ham tracksuit. You love to see Yeah, him. he's he's just he's 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 loving the football there and he's 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 such an awesome character. He's just such a such an exciting kind of footballer. You know, he, he does stuff. He, he he tries to make things happen, but he does it in a really kind of exciting way, and he's he's just he deserved a second chance. I felt like he really got a, a tough rub of it at United. Um, it's always tough at your boyhood club when things don't quite go to plan. It's really hard for the player to say it's time to move on because you've got such an emotional connection to where you are. So I'm really glad he's hit the ground running at West Ham, and they found a way to kind of unlock his creativity and and really make it work for them. So I'm I'm really happy for him. I've been. As much as it's you know pains me to see West Ham doing as well as they are, I'm really glad that it's become a foil for, for Jesse Lingard. So that's great. But yeah, I think man. like when Matt, like the thing is, I, I hear you what you say. Um, and yeah, it is a, it is a positive. But it, like with Arsenal, like I said, it's been up and downs. Like if you saw there was that period at the beginning of the season, we 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 won our first game, then in between we struggling. Then it came December, mm. we got. I mean, we put those youngsters on. We got good results. Um, we cleaned up. Then after that, it's you know it's it's a bit of a down. You know, you're losing games where where we should be winning, and then but now. Wait, Bonga, but wait, 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 But Bonga, let's 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 take yes. let's take a step back here. That that's over the course yes. of the season. Let's let's put the spotlight on this performance. This is a side. This is a West Ham side pushing for a fourth spot. And this is a Champions League spot. They've been cruising. Um, They've been in great form. They were three 0 down, and like Wong, like Matt said, they came back. And when we're looking at a player like Odegaard, I mean, what kind of a performance did he have for Arsenal if we're looking at a player yeah. like looking at the situation? So, sure, the inconsistency is not great. But let's start saying this season's been a right for most teams. As an Arsenal fan right now, on the side and sort of the, the positive signs if we're looking at what Arteta is doing, do you not have a little bit more hope in terms of, say they do back him, say the board, they're not going to back him like a Man United back their, their team or whatever it is, but say they do back Arteta moving forward. Is this sort of the good direction for an Arsenal fan to be in right now or because I mean we, we know Arsenal fans right now are very reactionary it's just one of those things that come along with fan TV and everything else but in this sort of situation that you find yourself right now I mean surely you can't be too disappointed I know Claudio I think yeah Odegaard has a good game Callum Chambers as well defensively still not great but puts in the crosses but again he, he's put in how many crosses that game that another striker um, would have probably put in the back of the net. Yes, Aubameyang, uh, what's his name, uh, Lacazette does well to score his one. But I think he should have definitely... I mean, you 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 train with this guy. You know how Callum Chambers is going to be crossing in the ball. I just find it puzzling for me why he, no one's getting um, on the end of those. And for me, the only the frustration comes in. It's not that I understand, yes, it's West Ham and, and they have a good season. They had a good season. And we did well to come to come back against the team um, that that's on that sort of form. But if you look at Arsenal, the teams we've been losing against, um, I mean, I think the same thing happened to Southampton as well. We were, we were 2-0 down, um, and then we had to come back. It's 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 just, I, I can't understand. For me, we, every, yes, I've had, I mean, and then West Ham, we actually went 3-0 down. Other teams probably 1-0, 1-0, 1-0. But for me, there's that still, there's that problem there. Um, and, and that's the only thing that I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm I'm just, I'm not happy about the inconsistency. It's hectic. I mean, you're dropping one, I mean, two seasons ago. No, I mean, last season, what position did you finish? Um, I can't remember now. It was probably like six or something, but we made our Europe. I would have forgotten, to be honest. 
Yeah, but now we we, we tend, uh, you know, and and I get I get I get this whole thing of yeah it was COVID and what what what, but um I can't mm-hmm. I can't lie to you and tell you that I'm happy with the performances, bro. I'm not gonna lie to you. Okay. And Udugod as well. You see, Udugod's playing. Udugod's playing well. Udugod's playing well, but he's only on loan. We have to we have to try and make the guy stay. He can be like, and yeah, ah, better he plays, the okay. more expensive he's going to become as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah if, they say, if they say now, we, if we're out of Europa League, we don't make the Europa spot. We don't... Udugard can be like, hey, but Madrid's back there in Champions League. Oh, I can go find another team to go, to go on loan on. Do I have to stay at Arsenal? Nah. So mm. it's, it's, it's those things that you look... I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to look at. It's, it's positive, yeah. There's positives in the game, but at the end of the day, it's just it's one point. We still turn... Okay, all right, all right, Wongo. I need you to take a step back. I need you to take a step back and go, it could be worse. It could be Nick's situation. Rich, I want to I wanna say this. I want to say this. You know, you got West Ham here. We know we, we speak about the David Moyes, sort of how he freezes in big games. And even despite all of this, you still said you would take him above Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But do you not think Saturday's result was a case of him finding himself in a situation that he thought arguably was too good to be true and he didn't know how to handle the situation, or was it a case of all the players finding themselves in that situation? Do you think it was somewhat mismanagement? Uh, I think so. Um, I think both the, the manager and the players have themselves to blame. Where where I do criticise Moyes is you look at Arteta bringing Pepe on, you know, trying to trying to change the game. What does Moyes do? He brings on Mark Noble. Like, come on, there's yeah. levels here. I mean, that when when I saw Noble come onto the pitch as our substitute. Um, I knew we were in trouble. He wasn't going to offer us anything. So that's the difference. That's the difference. Moyes doesn't have Moyes doesn't have the that's ability that's to change games. I've seen the whole season. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was that was a two step backwards from from Moyes, and that shot us in the foot. But at the same time, you know, the players in the second half took their foot off the gas completely, and they allowed Arsenal to play. Um, so they can both take the blame. But Moyes tactically struggles to make to make the right uh, substitutions like Oli does at Man United. All right. So nothing new there. I think um, what we're going to finish off with is the one that Matt's been waiting for all week. Another win. Three points. Puts yeah. him three points adrift from top four spot in with a shot for a Champions League shot, even though it's under Mourinho. And yeah, even though yeah. it was after a terrible, 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 arguably yeah, the really. worst performance in Europe from an English side ever. I'm yeah, it was, I mean, the, the, the game in the Zagreb game was just ridiculous. And I think it it kind of, it goes back. I mean, you guys have heard me talk about this thing with Spurs at the moment where positive or negative result, there's a slight frustration with the way we're playing. And it's again, we beat Aston Villa to two to goals and, you know, Vinicius well taken. It was a tap in in the end, but it was a really nice build up. Lucas Moura again playing superb football for us. He's just really doing all the things for us. Um, but it was, again, it was an Aston Villa side who were really accommodating. I think I said it a couple of weeks ago in the after the Burnley game where Spurs looked amazing, but Burnley really, really helped us in that regard. And it's the same here where Villa, they didn't really offer anything. They were very, they were standing off us. They gave us a lot of space. They were very sloppy in midfield, um, which Mora took full advantage of. They were really poor with their first touches and he was snapping at their heels and taking it back. And um, it's kind of, it's one of the situations where, Spurs looked really good, but it, they looked really good against a side that really didn't want, didn't seem to want to 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 do anything to us. So then against Zagreb, where they came out all guns blazing, we kind of hid in our shell. And I think you know Chris mentioned it about Arsenal. Like when they're losing, they go for it, and when they they're, they're winning, they're defensive. But with Spurs, it's slightly different. When we go up against a team who 
who has an inferiority complex against us. So, you know, a team like Villa or Burnley who think we're going to be better than them. We are better than them. We'll kind of do it. But we go up against any team who shows any kind of fight and we really struggle. We we become very kind of almost doubting and we step back. And we, we did it against Arsenal where Arsenal got on the offensive and they pushed us and pushed us and, and, and Spurs offered nothing and nothing. And it was only the last 10 minutes where Arsenal decided they weren't going to attack anymore that Spurs turned it around and were really looking good, really looking dangerous. And I think in the end, if you just looked at the last 10 minutes, you'd say Arsenal were really lucky to hold on to the win there. But over the course of the 90 minutes, we really yeah. did very little. And I think it's, again, this, the, the Villa game was another example. Of we can do really good stuff when we've got the space to, when teams don't offer us too much resistance. Um, but I wonder if Villa had showed any kind of vite, if, they, you know, if Barkley had had more time on the ball and been able to kind of unlock Ollie Watkins, maybe we would have been a different side. And I think that's what worries me about Spurs at the moment is that we had such a good-looking season coming along. Um, and we showed in one or two games what we could do. And now we're in a situation where we beat Villa and basically every Spurs fan I know is like, yeah, but, you know, we should have won that. Did you see the state of Villa? And it, yeah. But next week, you know, next, when we go, it's probably going to be against Newcastle. All of a sudden, Newcastle will decide they want to win a game and then we'll end up eking out a disgusting 1-1 draw, um, which will be really frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, or 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 not Newcastle will arrive, they're already defeated, they'll have Carol and, and Gale on the bench and, and and stick Joe Linton up on his own and we'll beat them, you know, without even trying. And we'll be like, Oh yeah, look, it's working, Spurs are doing great. But we're we're really only putting it off against sides that don't offer us anything. And I think that's for me, that's the frustrating thing. When it really counts, games that that feel like we need to do something different, where you expect that Mourinho effect to be important, you know, because you you kind of think when you get Mourinho, you think he's going to have some sort of secret formula that he's going to be like, hey guys, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to beat Arsenal today, and that's just that seems missing. It was there at the first half of the season. We had a fantastic game against City, really solid result against Arsenal, completely ridiculous game against Manchester United at, at Old Trafford, but. Now that's kind of lacking. It seems like no one's taking him seriously anymore. And when we come up against these teams that push back against us, we don't really do anything. So, yeah, happy with the result. Three points. I think we're in a fantastic position going into the, the, the final running. We could yet pull off top four. I think that other sides in and around us have got uh, tough run-ins. I think West Ham have got some tough games before the end of the season. Leicester have got a lot on their plate, also still being in the cup. And they're going to be, they've got a relatively small squad. I think Liverpool have still got a lot of questions to answer about their form. So, yeah, we're in with a shout, but I wouldn't. I don't feel confident by any stretch. I think um, for all the weaknesses of the sides around us, you look at Spurs. I think there's a lot of weaknesses there too, and we've still got to play United. We've still got to play um, some tough games as well. We've also got one eye on the, the the League Cup as well. So I think you know it's 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 kind of it's it's. So wait, so Matt, I just want to I just want to stop you there. I just want to stop you there. One thing I got from all of this, and I I want the other guys to weigh in as well. You spoke about the Mourinho effect. Mm. Is the Mourinho effect, has this dissipated completely? Or do you think he has a proper, proper pre-season with one or two additions of the sort of players that he wants in the mold that he normally goes after and things will start turning? Or do you think at this moment in time, Mourinho's just lost the plot and he's doing what he can and he's, hard, he's actually leaning, leaning on the experience he's had previously and actually out of ideas? And this know. is a question for everyone as well. It's, it's so hard to tell because you see... In, in different performances, you see the good and the bad of Mourinho. You know, you look at look at the, the performances of Son and Kane over the course of the season. That's clearly something that he's you can't he's got to have some hand in that the the way they've clicked and the way they've performed. Yeah. Um, the the change in in fortunes for players like Sanchez and Dombele and Aurier that 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 can't be down to nothing. I think that's obviously something he's done. Um, bringing in Regulon that was his idea, but at the same time, you see us kind of 
playing negative football that doesn't suit our style, that loses us points. And you think that also feels like it's from Mourinho's fault because we didn't do that kind of football before. We weren't a negative side. We were perhaps too attacking, perhaps too loose at the back, but we would never kind of sit back and just and, and, and soak up pressure and then end up losing 1-0. And I think that's that's kind of, it, it's so it's hard for me to say. Maybe I'm too biased because I'm in there. I mean, what do you guys think? Has Mourinho lost his touch? Am I just hoping against hope here? I hope he hasn't lost his touch because I love him. I think what he's done for football in general is unreal. Um, I do think he can get. I think he can get a good group of players to to play for him, but the problem is is when they stop playing for him. I think that change room becomes very toxic, and I think you've seen that at different clubs that he's coached mm. at. Um, I thought it was starting to happen with you guys, but. You know, it's always. It seems like it's always on a knife edge. You know, you got and like you've said, Matt. You like you either click in or you you completely not. Um, I think he'll need to win a trophy just to. I think at least the sort of the league cup to to sort of. You know, spot out any worries that can they do it though? Can they win the league cup Oof. when they? I mean, they're going to be taking on a Man City side. They're going to play yeah. their C team, and it's still probably going to be a very, very difficult ask. So, I mean, well, if yeah. they, Man City, if, if Man City are going for the quadruple, that's the first one they've got to win. Yeah, um, I don't it's think they'll have secured April. the league, but the, yeah, they might have secured the league by then. But it's it's the first bit of silverware they'll lift out of the four they're going for. So you're and saying they, that's a blessing for Spurs because they're going to no, no, be looking at going. This isn't something we want. Spurs. No, I think City will be looking at it and thinking, we, we, if we're going to do all four, we've got to start strong here. And so I think they're going to go take it very seriously. It's a final. We know Pep loves a final. So um, I don't think it's going to be an easy thing for Spurs in the, the form we're in. So it's, it's really up to us kind of turning around some, some serious results between now and then. But sheesh, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel hugely confident about Listen, it. Listen, if you can finish in the top four, that will be a Great achievement for Spurs if you can finish in the top four and for Mourinho yeah. himself. You know, yeah, from where again, you if you'd start. offered me that at the beginning of the season, it, like I said about United fans earlier, if you'd offered me top four and a final win or lose, yeah. I would have yeah. bitten your hand off. So I think just the it, disappointing part is that that uh, going out in Europe the way you did. I think that's I just going to hurt, and I think that that will sort so of be crazy. that will be a stain on a on on maybe actually a half decent season. Yeah. And it was huge. All we needed was that one goal. And, and you know, you look at us over the course of the season, you normally back us to score a goal. And, and we had yeah. chances. It was just, just wasn't quite there. And, and to concede three, just, I don't know. The whole thing was all very frustrating. I, had to, I couldn't even watch the last few minutes. I was just, I had to What's your thoughts on Bale's, uh, what, did he come out today or the other day? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah like today. Actually, I think, look, yeah. he's, you know, it's... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. wait. Wonga, Wonga, do you know this? Do you know what's happened here? Your man, top pins. You yeah. know what he said? Yeah? Yes, I heard He's, He was just Make using right Spurs. Yeah, he's just using Spurs as a buffer just to, for Wales. That's why he doesn't have a ship. That's why. When he was meant to play, the Oak was yeah, like, I'm not playing. I've got, I'm injured. That's, that's, yeah. the, that's the shit you get with Bale. Your man. Yeah, anyway, he's, look, I mean, it's, it's been a weird Drop season with there's been There were long stretches of the season where if you told me he was going back to Madrid, I would have been like, well, you know, did he even arrive? You know, it's like... Yeah. But, and then he's had six really good games. That said, when we really needed him in the big games, he, he's been he's been very quiet. So I don't think we'll we'll miss him hugely if he goes back. Um, I think emotionally there's that connection to, to Bale. We just, he represents a golden age in Spurs kind of recent folklore. Um, so it's sad to see him go, but... 
realistically, I mean, we can't afford to keep him permanently. He's the most, he's the highest paid player in the Premier League. There's no way that player should be at Spurs. Highest paid player in the league should not be at Spurs. That's not, that's ridiculous. <laughs> no, but I feel like you're saying that has set a cap on Spurs. I, the only reason you say that is because Daniel Levy is the chairman and he knows how to like check a budget but out. Not, and we can ask Richard. We can't the league. League. How could we afford to play the, 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 the top salary? Like we're, we're sixth or seventh in the, in terms of, wealth in, in, and, and that's not just because of the they're in the top 10 no 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 but hang on hang on Matt they, yeah, they're in, in the, the top, top 10. 10 they're in the top so 10 globally globally globally, globally and no if it wasn't no no, no, they, the are, they are they are they are in the top 10 globally and I just want to say I just want to say if, <laughs> if if it wasn't for COVID with that stadium that they're pulling in the revenue which they'd have and the money in which Mourinho I can only assume was promised to build the squad that he wants to be building would be coming in so I think it's just a bit of patience. I think it's waiting for the COVID thing. And this is the thing where the, the Spurs fans need to balance it out with the performance of Aminu. Aminu right now, I can tell you, based on that documentary that we all saw, is that he's coming. He's trying to do something different. He's, trying to, he, he's given the benefit of the doubt to one or two players. And then arguably, if, if I'm just going back to the Liverpool games of Liverpool, oh, that we took on Spurs, that we came away with victories. At the end of the day, you know, Mourinho... Could have gotten three points out of those games. He could have gotten three, not just one. He could have gotten three. He was let down by certain players. And I think it's one of the situations where to move on players, similar to what Arteta is doing, you've got to air them out. You've got to let them make their mistakes. And then you've got to point that case study and go back to the chairman and say, listen, bro, this is shit. These guys are shit. Flog them. And I also think what's quite interesting is that um, Hugo Laurie, who I've been very critical of late, he came out after that Thursday game saying, you know, there are issues at the club. It isn't being run properly. And he's also saying this come end of the season with his contract expiring. So do you think he's yeah. going to stay? No, I don't think he's going to stay. And then we've also got the case, the big question mark, Harry Kane, and whether or not he stays at the end of the season. So where does that leave a, a manager like Mourinho, who's used to working with the best, and where does that leave a club like Spurs, who you say don't have the most money, technically speaking, right now they don't because they're paying off the, the stadium. But where does that leave a manager like Mourinho, realistically? And where does that leave Spurs? Do they go get Eddie Howe from wherever he is right now? Yeah, look, I think Spurs are in a, in a tough spot. I think if we, if we, Loris is, is slightly different because I think if you look at how Gazaniga has been developing, I think there's, 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 thank you, Crystal Just Chris. Just Chris. <laughs> He's running out of battery. He's putting a Wongo on us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Real, it must be an Arsenal fan issue. All the Arsenal yeah. fans run out of battery. I don't know what's going on here. It's maybe because I don't want to watch the full yeah. 90 minutes on the, yeah, on the game. I'm not sure what the results are going to be. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's, there's, you know, with with, with Lloris, it's different because you look at Gazaniga, how he's been developing over the years. He's been on out on loan this season and we've had Hart on the bench. But I think Gazaniga's like, it really stepped up. I think he's ready probably for some first-team football and I wouldn't feel too bad about him stepping up. Kane is a different one. You know, again, it's that kind of emotional connection. It's his boyhood club. We'd hate to see him go. That said, he really deserves to be winning silverware. And I'd hate for him to do it at another English club. I really wish if he does leave, he goes to somewhere like Barca, Real Madrid or Dortmund. I think... Um, you know, look at him at a Dortmund or a Bayern Munich. I think he just um, set the world alight. But um, you know, the it, it would be tough. I think if, if Mourinho is going to stay, then he would want all the money that he gets from the, from from selling Kane because he'd want to replace him with something as 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 impactful. Um, and I think it's going to be it's going to be tough. I, the decision as to whether or not Mourinho stays, I think it's 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 largely up to whether or not we do win the the cup and and where we finish in the league, and whether or not there's faith in that he can that he can you know. Turn around a change, but again, you're looking at to, for him to deliver on what he thinks he should be able to do. We're talking again, sort of a 20, 30 point shift. And does Mourinho have the tools at his disposal to do that with Spurs? I don't know. And and 
realistically, do Spurs fans think that's going to happen? I don't know. I don't know if Spurs are going to challenge for the league next season. It's it's frigging tough. If you told me that we'd be challenging top four this season, I probably would have been a bit sceptical. So it's really tough. It's it's our, our expectation. If you are telling me that we're one of the top ten wealthiest clubs in the in the world, I mean, I don't know about that. I, maybe top twenty, but I think the gap between t- teams like Spurs and teams like United, you know that. It's it's it maybe maybe we're we're you know on the podium we're only a couple of spots below them but the the difference we're talking about in wealth here is is huge and that makes a big difference when you're talking about players like Bale who who want to earn thirty million a year. Yeah, okay, so fair enough. Sum. Fair enough. So, question to everyone before we go: Harry Kane, firstly, does he leave? Yes or no? Just yes or no. We're going to start with Rich, and then we're going to end. So, Rich, Wonga, Nick, Matt, and then after that. If you say yes, you're going to tell us where he, where you think he's going to play. All right. Mm. So start off with Rich. No, he's not going. Thank you, Rich. You can stay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I also say he's not going. I also don't see where he would go. Interesting. Yeah. It's these these London clubs are uniting. It seems. Mm. Nick, uh, Maddie, I think he's gone. Eh. Ah. Ah. Uh, Who's gonna buy him? Yeah, where's he going? Where's he going? That's the question. Where does he go? Man City for Real Madrid. Real Madrid or Man City? He looks really good in black and white. (laughs) You know what he's done? (laughs) (laughs) You know, Andy Carroll, former partnership. The irony is coming to Orlando Pirates. (laughs) Pirates. Although Chiefs kind of need him. You saw that stat. Bernard Parker hasn't scored in sixty-one games. Anyway, I mean that's ridiculous. It's like two seasons. Two seasons. Um, but yeah. But anyway, highest goal back. scorer. Anyways, yeah. yeah, highest goal right. scorer. But um, one thing that's interesting about the Mourinho sort of situation is he's shown Man City and he's shown Pep Guardiola that Harry Kane can kind of play that false nine position. Something that, you know, Man City do work with, which is somewhat troublesome. So I'm saying the man's going to have to have ask himself a serious thing. Does he become a, a Gerard instead one club? The only difference was Gerard still won a lot of things. I mean, Harry yeah. Kane is starving there, and it's now or never for him. And Scott's come out. This is a big shot. Man United. We also think, I mean, Seto's not yet to defend himself. And I think Man United are getting tired with the likes of Martial, so they will be looking for a striker, whether that's in the form of Haaland. And also, the question is, who do Man City target? Do they go after Kane or do they go after Haaland, guys? Mm. They could go after both. they got all the money in the world. Yeah. They could buy both and just make <laughs> one more. The other one really could. <laughs> Sounds like a Gwen, Gwen Stefani song there. No doubt. It's like, if I had all money in the world. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but Wonga, <laughs> Wonga, what would you say there? Holland or Kane? Well, look. He was. That's as Holland is brutal. Uh, Kane is more. Uh, got more bit of. Uh, finesse in him. I don't know. They both score goals. It just depends <laughs> on you. If you want goals, get, buy one of them. I think I agree with, with, uh, with Matt on that one. You've got the money, just buy one of them. Buy both. Uh, they both yeah. score goals. <laughs> I, think, I think City City, City can afford to, to spend big on someone like Haaland because he's young and they'll know he'll, you know, it, or they could buy Kane now, wait for a couple of years and then get Haaland. Like it's, they, they've got the money to, to, it's not like they have to worry about sell-on value if it comes to that. So, you know, it, it it saddens me, but yeah, I mean, someone like United or City could come in and be an well, attractive well, option. For sit, sit, sit down tight, Matt, because Scott's coming out saying City Mikel Antonio Nick. is not going to City, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I think he means. I think he means that other Messi. You know that 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 slightly the Jamaican, older version. The Jamaican Messi, not the Argentine. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, guys, and that that pretty much wraps up the show today. Any final thoughts before we bounce? Say a little prayer for me. Yeah, guys. Yeah, we're praying for you, Nick. I think this was the turning point. The 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 loss to Brighton. When I did, you know, I did that little predictor for for and and I always said Newcastle were going to beat Brighton. I always said that was they were going to get points there, kind of because it was such an important game. Um, That's what I said. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's that for me that represents a really worrying turning point. The the not just the loss, but the the, the manner of it. So I think, oh, everything you said, Nick. We need to go find those recordings from weeks ago when we were all like, "Calm down, mate. You're not going down. Relax." Yeah. And now <laughs> here we are. Like, sorry, dude, you were right all along. Turns out he knows what he's talking about. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> not just a pretty face. <laughs> so you guys are gonna have to get me in like uh, Dermot Gallagher and speak about VAR decisions, and I'm just gonna be neutral <laughs> and not speak about anything. Ah, crossing over to Dermot. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we're just gonna we're gonna fit you out in a sky, a sky blue shirt and see how that pans out and see whether or not Scotty approves. Yeah. yeah. Right, guys, Thanks, and guys. that pretty much wraps up the show for today. And remember, uh, if you don't know what to be, be cool. Be cool. Be just Lingard. Be cool. Oh, that's the one. That's the one. All right. Cheers, everyone. See you guys on Thursday for pre-match beauty. Same time. Cheers. Guys. Cheers. <laughs>